Welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast. Every day, we see a battle of hate versus kindness. Bullies choose hate. But guess what, guys? Kindness always wins. Here at BBG, we dive into everything from overcoming bullies to building resiliency in ourselves. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb, and let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Parents, are you scared that your kid is going to make mistakes? Like, are you afraid of the things that technology may do to your kid as you try to parent them? Well, guess what? You're not alone. (laughs) My guest today is author and speaker Brooke Romney, um, and we dive into all of these things to talk about how we can better connect with our kids. It is a must-listen for you parents out there who are trying so hard. Um, But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. So guys, parenting in this day and age is kind of rough. I mean, because of how we were all raised, a lot of us are expecting perfection from our kids. And it makes it really hard to connect with them sometimes. And being able to connect with our kids is crucial. And so I am super pumped about our guest here today. Brooke Romney is a writer and speaker and educator. You might have already seen her on Instagram doing her Teen Talk Tuesday every single week to bring teens and parents closer together. Brooke has also published her first book, I Like Me Anyway, and is super busy trying to help parents and kids come together. Welcome, Brooke, to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat a little bit with you. Oh, man, I appreciate that. So how how the heck are you? Where are you coming at us from? You know what? We are doing fairly well. Um, the kids are doing okay, although the last two weeks, um, our governor kind of put a halt to all extracurricular things. And we have a couple schools that are out right now, even though we've been in. So everyone's just adjusting. And I think everyone is getting really good at being flexible. So that is the silver lining right now. Oh, that's a really good outlook to have. Um, So I'm a counselor at Tooele High School and Mm -hmm. we just got shut down for the second time. Um, so <laughs> we're on another two week break and I'm just like, yeah. Oh guys, Oh no. But yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful for everybody that's working so hard to try and have the whiplash be less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, bad. it's been a really interesting year to say the least. Um, but I think, you know, we're learning some valuable lessons and also acknowledging having some hard times and both of those yeah. things are okay to do simultaneously. Right. Amen. Yeah. It's okay to have some sucky times. That's not a, that's not, yep. yeah, it's needed. Um, yep. So Brooke, you have been a huge voice in trying to help parents the last couple of years. How did you land yourself in that space? Like what's the story there? Well, I actually, right now I have three teenage boys. Um, my oldest is a senior. I have one who's a sophomore. I have one who's an eighth grader. And then my last guy is five years behind. So he is, um, he's just a third grader. So going through my first teenager who had all of his own ideas and things were just really new. And there were so many times where I wish I just had someone to talk to someone to ask questions, someone to say, is this normal? Am I doing the right thing? And I learned a lot um, through parenting him. He has a really strong personality and I wanted to help other parents um, maybe avoid some of the pitfalls and still be able to hold on to relationships. I felt like I learned so much with my first kid 
the, the other two have been a lot easier to parent. And I was hoping to maybe take away some of the hardest times for others or just give them a listening ear or someone to say, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay that things, things are happening or that it's not easy or, you know, your kid didn't get all of the awards at award night and, and they're still awesome. So. Gotcha. I love that. I love that so much. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, today's a day and age, like there's immense amount of pressure on parents to show their kids off to other parents. And they're like, oh no, my kid needs to be the best because then I can show them off. But that doesn't send a great message to the kiddos. Um, I We have so many parents on here. They're just terrified, terrified that their kids are going to mess up, that their kids are going to make mistakes. And right. they are going to make mistakes because they're kids, y'all. Okay. Yeah. But ah, I don't know. The reactions that the parents are giving their kids when they find out they make a mistake are deterring kids from ever talking to their parents again. And I mean, they're normal human beings and kids are normal kids and they're going to make mistakes. And it's totally wrecking relationships with parents and kids right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a high school counselor. Um, like I said, right. and, and kids come to me all the time. They're like, I did X, Y, and Z. And I'm so scared to tell my mom. Cause I know that she's just going to flip out and yell and I don't know what to do. So we need to talk about this. We need to be pretty frank with parents. Um, kids know their parents love them. And, you know, because parents are acting out of mm -hmm. fear, they're just not connecting with their kids. So we need to get real with parents. How can we help them get out of this place of fear and into a place of love? So the first thing that I would suggest is go into the teenage years, understanding that your children will make mistakes and it's absolutely positively just fine. Um, if you look back in your junior high and high school years, you probably made mistakes. Sometimes you made big mistakes. Sometimes oh you made gosh. small mistakes, yes. you know, <laughs> and it's, we have to remember that that is part of growing. That is part of maturing. If they never made mistakes, then guess what? They're going to have a lot of really difficult times as they get older um, because we all have to learn from our difficult times. And so I think going into those teenage years, understanding that, you know, mistakes are going to happen. You're probably going to feel fairly disappointed with your kid at some point or another. Um, so that's the first thing is just kind of switching your mindset and then going into it with a plan. What kind of parent do you want to be? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your child? And if you know that there's going to be mistakes that are made, if you know there's going to be disappointing times, try to figure out how you want to approach that. And I think that that's really individual for different kids, for different parents. So like I said, I have three teenage boys and the way we parent them is very different. Um, they respond to different things. They respond to different systems of rewards and consequences. For some, it's like, you just have to act like, hey, why did you do that? And they will redo things. And for others, you say, hey, why'd you do that? And they're like, because, you know, <laughs> because I like to and because me, you're dumb. And, you know? <laughs> and so what we have to do is we have to figure out how to put the relationship at the center. And to do that, you have to know your kid. Mm -hmm. And so many parents pull away during the teenage years. And I totally understand because you don't get the reactions that you want very often. Yeah. Um, you decide to do something awesome for them and they don't care. Or, you know, you pay for their school fees or you pay for their sports fees and they're just like, of course you should, you know, and you don't get those reactions. And so sometimes you start to pull away. And so if you want to be able to respond the way they need you to respond, you first need to know them. You need to know if your kid is someone who values independence. Mm -hmm. If your child values independence, 
you're going to need to respond differently than super tight consequences all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your child values being loved and praised, you're going to have to do a lot of that so that when it comes time for you to say, Hey, like what happened here? Or I see that C on your report card. I know that you can do better than that. I've seen you do better. Is there something going on that's preventing you from mm. doing your best instead of, I can't believe you got a C. That's not what my kids do. That's unacceptable. You've lost your phone for the next four weeks, you know? Um, like, let's just go to that situation for a minute. Your, your child comes home with a report card and they've always gotten good grades. It's always gone well. And all of a sudden their report card holds grades that are traditionally unacceptable for you and your family. Um, if you know your child, you're going to know how to respond to the situation. Mm. Um, if your child values independence and wants to be able to own their story and their life, um, maybe you say, Hey, you know, I see these grades are not what they used to be. Um, what is getting in the way from you being able to do well? Like, is there anything that I can do to help you so that you can do your best? Because I know you're the type of kid that loves options and opportunity in your own life. And you want to be able to make those choices when you're 18 years old about where you want to go to school and how much you're going to pay for school. And I want you to have, I want you to be able to make those choices. I don't want schools to make choices for you. Mm -hmm. I don't want finances to make the choices for you. I want right. you to be able to own that, you know? Right. So, um, you know, there's just, it's so important to just know your kid and have them know that because you got two C's doesn't mean I don't love you or I don't think you're smart or I'm so disappointed or I'm going to tell all my friends that I have the worst kid. It just means you had a rough term. And what do we need to do to get back? You know, mm -hmm. I love that take kind of, I don't know, taking the shame out of modern day parenting, because a parents feel a lot of pressure to provide a certain lifestyle for the kids. Right. And so because of that, they're doing like, you know, eight different side hustles and different things. And so they're not at home as much. And so they don't know their kids very well. And the time that they do have, you know, sometimes it's not being intentionally spent um, yeah. doing yeah. things with the kids. And I think yeah. it's really important if you do stuff with your kids, make sure it's stuff that they actually like. Yes. Like, so you, so you can get to know them. Like I have a parent, yep. um, uh, one of the kids that I counsel, like she loves anime stuff and mm -hmm. her mom, older lady, super conservative gal. And she's like, I don't know what this stuff is. Like, how do I even connect with this girl? I'm like, go out and buy some crayons and ask her to teach you how to draw and see how it goes. And she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. we had like two hours without fighting. It was great. I'm like, look at that. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's that. so awesome. And it's so important. I, I like to tell people that I talk to, if you are not um, completely opposed to it and going to enforce your opposition, then you need to figure out how to embrace it. So mm -hmm. there's families who absolutely don't believe that video games have a place in their home. And I respect that. But if you're going to be the type of person who does allow video games in your home, then complaining constantly about your children playing video games or that it's such a waste of time or that you hate video games isn't necessarily the best way to go. So right. if you don't feel strongly enough to forbid something, you know, like a video game or I have, I know other moms who can't stand that their daughters sit and do their makeup all the time because they're very natural and they think it's a waste of time and money and it's so superficial. But if you're not going to 
forbid makeup until a certain age, then just get behind it and be excited and tell them to teach you or let them give you a makeover. Um, <laughs> it, it's really, I think it's really confusing when we say things and then our actions show something different. So maybe mm-hmm. we say, I hate that you're on a phone all the time, but we buy a phone right. and we purchase the phone plan and we don't have central charging stations and we don't have family time without phones. And we're always on our phones. It's really hard for them, for our kids to be convinced that they're on screens too often. So we just have to be really, kids today are so, um, they are like detectives when it comes to authenticity. Oh my gosh. And yes. If, <laughs> they have a you, radar guys. Like they do. As, <laughs> bing, bing, lies, lies, lies. Oh my so if you are going to say one thing, um, you should be that way. And I also think it's okay to, to make them aware of what that means. For instance, I work on my phone. So I am on my phone more than I would want to be, especially now that like with people being home so often, I used to be able to kind of keep those work hours to school, but everyone's home all the time now. Right. <laughs> and so I've just had to be very clear. Yes, I'm on my phone for work. And, you know, if I'm on it too much, I need to have a talk. I need you to tell me you're on my, you're on your phone too much. And I need to be open to that. Like it's time for me to put it away or I need to set some boundaries so that I'm more available um, during the times that they're home and want me to be available. I love that. Now you said you have three teenagers and those are the only ones, or do you have, do you have any more? Yeah, I have um, a nine-year-old too. Oh, they're nine-year-old, so. they're, th- they're third grade. So you have four yeah. boys. So I yep. imagine raising them throughout this increasing tech heavy world you had to make some adjustments down the road, I imagine. Like, what was that like moving forward, boy after boy after boy? Um, It was a a challenge and a blessing. Um, I do feel sorry for my oldest because he came into the age of tech when there weren't controls and when there weren't, there wasn't screen time and there were no gab phones. And, um, So we did a lot of trial and error and a lot of error. And I'm okay to admit that we did things wrong and we've admitted to him that we didn't do things right. And we're sorry about that. We're sorry that we didn't um, know more than we knew. Um, I was actually probably one of the first people to discover RPACT, which was a software that you could put on kids' phones to help control that. And we did everything that we could, um, but often it just wasn't enough. So we've had to make a lot of pivots And um, I've done things very differently. So if you're curious, you know, or I know people are always curious about what people do with technology and I'm happy to share. Um, I have a son who's almost 18 who now has free reign of his phone. Um, He um, controls it and he uses it and we allow him at almost 18 to make some of those choices and figure that out. That's been after lots and lots of years of learning and training wills and us controlling his phone. I don't know that that's right for everyone. Um, and, but that was right for us. We, I feel pretty strongly that they need a little bit of time before they head out into the great big world to see how they do with their phone and how they can control it. And so that's what we do with him. Um, I have a sophomore who started with a flip phone for a very long time. Love those um, he, Yeah, it was awesome. He got, his, <laughs> he got his first smartphone before going to high school. 
um, with controls. So with screen time and he actually had our pack too. He now just has screen time on there. And then I have a 14 year old who just actually got a gab phone. So we really like pushed it off later and later and later. So, um, I'm really happy with the gab as an option for him. And it's been a really great way for him to learn how to use it appropriately. And the best thing about it is I haven't lost my son. He still reads. He still hangs out with the family. He does so many other things besides sit on his phone. So parenting win. Oh my gosh. Just awesome. I love it. Kids can keep on reading and engaging, even if they have tech in their life, because tech's not going anywhere, guys. Tech is going to be forever increasing a part of our life, but we don't have to let it rule our life. And And I love that. And something I noticed with your story that I absolutely loved and that what you listeners need to recognize, there is no like one answer fix that is the solves all. Every kid is going to be different and you're going to have to put in the work to get to know them to find the solution for that kid. Not every kid's the same and every kid is going to need you know, a plan. Every family is going to need a plan. So make that tech plan with your family um, together so you can do it together. Also, you know, what I love about that is, um, when you know your kids and they understand that, you know, them, they're willing to respect some of your reasoning when it comes to tech. For example, my second son is not interested in technology. He doesn't play video games at all. And it's just not his thing. Um, he is able to control himself with his phone. In fact, two weeks ago, he took every game off his phone because he felt like he was, even with screen time, was spending too much time wasting it on phone games. So he's a very interesting, you know, 15-year-old boy who does have some of that, like, self-control. My 14-year-old still bugs us about getting him a real phone, but he loves technology and he loves games and he loves Xbox. And we said, you know, we want you understand how much you like technology and how fun that is for you. And we don't think you're ready for that big wide world to waste all of your time on technology. So we're going to wait a little bit because your brain matures and you get smarter and you understand actions and consequences better every year. So we're going to give you another year where that doesn't have to be a constant temptation for you. And while he doesn't love it, he respects it because he understands that we know him and have his best interest at heart. I love that guys. Uh, know your kids and like authentic, like authentically love them. Like Brooke said earlier, their BS radar is super strong. They know when you're not being real with them. And I feel like a lot of the reasons parents overreact so bad when kids aren't perfect or they have such a hard time is because parents care so much about what other parents think. Like a lot of parents will care more about what Karen down the string thinks about their kids than they even care about their own kids sometimes. And I'm like, um, I think this needs to change. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Well, I have so many thoughts with this because <laughs> I think that being a good parent often doesn't look like being a good parent on the outside Yep. Um, to the outside world. Because you're making hard decisions and you're letting things go that other parents wouldn't let go. And you're allowing a kid who's going through a difficult time to miss church activities. And you're letting a kid who is struggling with friends, maybe more freedom than you normally would because he got invited to go somewhere. And 
you know, you're holding back cell phones when everyone else says, oh my gosh, it's going to hurt them socially so much. And they're just not involved because you don't let them have a phone. And, you know, maybe one group of people thinks that that's being a good parent. And maybe another group of people thinks that think that's being like a controlling parent. And the thing that you just have to do is you have to go with what you know is right for your kids. And it's going to be so different than what's right for your neighbor's kids. Um, my kids are so different. I have some that push all the boundaries. And so as I'm talking to you, I want the listeners to understand. Um, it sounds like I have things figured out, but please understand that I don't have it figured out. <laughs> Nobody um, does. Nobody does. <laughs> I have figured out how to love my kids. Well, I don't, I haven't figured out how to get the outside results that I would always like. So even sometimes when I write articles, it makes me worried every now and then. Cause I think, Oh, that person actually knows my kid. She's not going to believe any of this is going on. Um, but this I know is a you, long Brooke. term. You didn't do that. <laughs> like this is a long, you know, more like they know my kid and they're like, uh, he was totally disrespectful. I heard him swear the other day or, you know, whatever it is. Right. 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 Um, but this is a long-term game. Yes. Like how your child acts at 14 is not the end result. Nope. Like I would say that 14 year olds are not at their best, almost any of them. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so there are going to be a lot of really messy years where you're yes. just trying to figure it out and where you're doing trial and error and where you think you're doing things right. And you go, Oh, wow. Like I gave way too much freedom there and I need to pull back mm. or where you say, Oh, wow. I was really, really strict about something that doesn't matter. Like I, I just got in a gigantic fight over a hairstyle and that's probably <laughs> not worth a gigantic fight. Like if I let my kid own his hair for the next four years, at some point, he's probably going to want to cut it because he actually wants to get that job, you know, or, or maybe he's not ever going to cut it and I'm going to love his long hair. So there's just so many things where it's just so important that we know our kid and we understand them and that we put the relationship at the center and we have kind of that long-term vision. And I have to tell you, in the trenches of misbehavior and principals calling and meetings with teachers, it is really, 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 really hard to have long-term vision. Mm -hmm. But if somehow you can, you will be so grateful for your relationship with your 17 or 18 year old that you didn't just, you know, shove it all to the side because you were so mad about one or two or three instances or even one or two or three years right. um, that you were able to hold on to that even through the difficult times. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Oh man. So slightly shifting gears. So this, this show, my whole platform, everything it, it, originally, you know, helping bully victims or people who are facing mm -hmm. kindness. And I have a saying, I always say bullies are not born. Bullies are bred. Um, and so how can the way parents talk to their kids, <laughs> you guys can probably, I have a two-year-old guys and he's upstairs <laughs> as we can all hear right now. Um, but how can, how, how, the way that parents talk to their kids, do you think that that affects the way that kids treat each other? So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, number one, I absolutely think it can. I also think that sometimes bullies aren't totally bred. Sometimes kids are struggling mentally or 
um, with mental illness or with trying to figure out who they're supposed to be right. and that frustration or anger can come out on other people just trying to be cool or because I, I like to be really careful in placing ownership of children's actions on parents. Right. Oh, yeah. Like no one that I, I know has ever raised their kid thinking like, I hope he's a total jerk. I hope he ignores <laughs> everyone that's kind or I hope she's the queen bee and leaves everyone out. I don't think parents ever have that intention. I do think the way that parents can talk or interact with their kids could cause that. Um, I think that kids learn a lot from how we speak and how we treat others. Um, And I also think that sometimes kids just really struggle and need to feel unconditional love um, at home. But I have a couple of kids who say, we're actually so good when we're not at home because they know they can let their guard down and just be every once in a while. And I think it's really important that parents offer that safe space in their home. Um, But I think a lot of times if we're talking about bullies, um, there's just, there's some hard stuff going on and you're in the high schools yeah, (laughs) and there's some kids who are dealing, even if they have awesome families and awesome parents, and even if they have friends, the way they feel about themselves on the inside mm-hmm. um, makes them treat people differently than they know they should, because yes. they're, they're struggling so much on the inside that any option, any opportunity they have to elevate themselves over someone else or throw someone under the bus or look good, even to a few people at the expense of someone is worth it because I think sometimes our kids are so fragile because of all the things that they are dealing with, whether it's online or um, even in person, like difficult things or whether they're stuck on social media and they're comparing themselves all the time and they feel like garbage. And so they come to school and they try to leave someone else out so that they can elevate themselves. Um, It's an interesting time and I would not want to trade places with any <laughs> no i completely agree with what you said no and, and when i say when i say bullies i don't mean like kids that are having a bad day and lash out at someone um you know bullies by definition people who you know habitually are just always mm-hmm. trying to you know put other people down um but i also agree with you that their kids they're hurting hurt people hurt people um their self-esteem is in the pits and that's why they're trying to drag people down we need to employ more empathy on a mass, mass level, not just for the kids that are going through heart, like that are being, that are being treated unfairly or that are, you know, bully victims, so say, but also those kids that are being unkind because it's because they have a lack of kindness in their life somewhere. It may not be somewhere. the fault of the yep. parents because right. I mean, unkindness, you know, unkindness behavior or bully-like behavior. There's so many variables that go into it. It it might be crap at home, but it might be just how boys are going at school. And that is what is what breeding them into being an unkind person. Totally. If if we can just expose people to more kindness, they can just see, oh my gosh, there's more than just one way to feel happy. Um, And I feel like one of the best ways for that is to start at the home. Um, Mm -hmm. like what we're talking about now, we've talked a lot about how, you know, we watch respond, how we respond to our kids, but a lot of adults talk to each other about their kids in front of other kids. 
why is this such a bad idea? <laughs> well, when um, I, I feel like kids often test their parents um, and their parents' reactions by hypothetical situations. And I think that when they say, oh my word, did you hear that so-and-so, um, like she now has such a serious boyfriend and I think they're getting into trouble, right? And you say, and, and your child says something like that and, and your response is, I would, if you ever did that, if you ever did that, you would be in, you know, we would be in so much trouble. I can't even imagine having a child that would do something like that. Well, now um, I know what to know what not to tell mom. <laughs> now I know that I would never tell you if I ever had a boyfriend and made a mistake with that boyfriend, right? Things to keep so, secret from mother. Like, <laughs> so that's like a little, you know, they're like waiting in, like, how does my mom feel about this? Now you don't have to say, oh, cool. That's totally awesome. That, you know, high school is a time for ex experimentation. That's not what you have to say either, <laughs> but you could say something that has empathy in it where you say, wow, um, sounds like she might be in a relationship that's a little more mature than she was ready for. Like, have you talked to her about it? How is she feeling? Um, and then you can open lines of communication. Like, you know, do you have, do you have some morals and values that you want to stick to, you know, or do you mm. know? where to say no. Like if you are with a, with a boyfriend, do you have places where you know you're saying no? Or do you have boundaries when it comes to relationships that you're comfortable with, that you feel good about? And then you open up a conversation that means something instead of uh, like you said, okay, check, never tell mom about boyfriend, you know, next. Um, so I think we can just use those opportunities. And, you know, when our kids hear us talk to other adults about this kid or that kid, or I can't believe he did that. Or did you hear about so-and-so like he's such a wreck. I bet his parents are so disappointed or that's nothing like, you know, the other people in his family. I wonder what went wrong, you know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, they under, they, they start to understand how judgmental you are and that they would not want to come to you with something hard or something bad. And the thing is, is some of our kids are probably going to skate right through and there aren't going to be these horrible things that happen. Um, but some of us will have kids where we're going to have to deal with some pretty serious things and they're going to need an ally, not someone that rescues them, but they're going to need an ally on their side to help them get through something that's difficult. Oh man. I, uh, yes. All of the things, all of the things. I hope you guys are taking notes guys. Cause oh, so much gold in this. Um, so we were talking before about how there are some just simple things that we can do as parents to improve our relationships with our kids, um, and to get to where we're parenting out of love. Well, I don't know. Do you have like, I don't know, three or four just best practices, tips, if you will, for parents that are like, oh gosh, like I've messed up. Like, how do I get back on track? Like, what can I do? <laughs> Yes, I do have a few ideas um, for that. And the first thing is you need to apologize. You need to let your kids know that you have not, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to be so much better, like I have got to figure this out with my kid. Um, you need to tell them that you need to go to your child and you need to say, I don't like where our relationship is anymore. I love you. 
And I want to have a relationship that we both are excited about. And I know I've done some things wrong in the past and you don't insert and you have too. It's, I know that I have done things that have hurt our relationship. And I'm wondering if you're willing to start again with me and help me be better. And I think that's the first thing and the best thing that you can do. I, I know that our teenagers want relationships with their parents. Like desperately, they want relationships with their parents. Mm -hmm. They just aren't quite sure how to ask for it. They're not quite sure how to start it. And then they're not quite sure that they're ready for like the control and the overstepping that maybe comes because of it. Mm -hmm. So. Gotcha. So apologize. Numero uno, apologize, apologize, apologize. If you feel like don't, don't let your pride get in the way of a good relationship with your kid. Apologize. Yeah. What, what else? Um, and then just tell them what, what a relationship with them looks like that they want to have, you there know, ask them, say, Hey, what would you like? Because sometimes like different kids are different. And if one says, I think we would have an awesome relationship. If you would take me out to dinner on Friday night, mm. done. Great. That's the beginning of an awesome relationship. Another one might say, it hurts my feelings that you're not at my games. It makes me feel like you don't care about things that are important to me. Like, I want you to be at my games and you can say, I'm going to be at every game that I can from now on. You know, I have to go to work, but whenever I possibly can, I want you to know that I will be there for you for that game. Um, it's just, it goes back to just knowing your kid, right? Different yep. love language, different yep. things that are important, you know? Um, so kind of start with that. And then after that, you've got to start some regular routines of connection Yes, um, and whatever those are, whatever those can be, whether that's dinner together, whether it's phone free time, whether it's game night, whether it's taking a drive, whether it's going to get ice cream every Wednesday night, um, whatever those connection points are for you that they can rely on and look forward to. Um, one of the things that's so important to me is car time with my kids. There are no other uninterrupted spaces. <laughs> I love for phones to be down, for them to be in the front seat, and for us to be talking about whatever's going on. Um, you know, using, using all, like our lives are so busy and parents are busy and my heart goes out to everyone, me included. This is a hard, hard time to be yeah. connecting and parenting in so many ways. Yeah. Um, so use the times that you can. And, and don't let those go to waste. That is awesome. I love that. I love that. So first, we're going to apologize if you feel like you've messed up. Two, discuss the relationship you want to have with your kid and have your kid give input so you guys can develop the relationship you want to have because you get to decide the relationship you have with your kid. And then number three, spend time with them. Routine connection activities. It's not just one and done. You need to keep working on it. Ah, man, I love this so much. Oh man, this episode has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for sharing all this. So how can people find you? Shameless plug time. Where can people find you? Shameless plug. Um, I'm really active on Instagram at Brooke Romney writes, and you can find me on Facebook there too. I have a blog, brookromney.com. I have a new book, I like me anyway, and that is for adults. And even a lot of moms are reading it with their daughters to stop the idea of perfectionism. Um, and then I'm going to come out I next year, look for some teen parenting courses um, on my website to help people reconnect with their teens. So I'm really excited about that. 
Ooh, man, I'm excited. That's good. Mm. Yeah, I have a two-year-old <laughs> and a and a not quite one day old. My wife, my wife's actually. Oh. We, she's getting induced on Tuesday, so. No. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Good for you. <laughs> and you will have all the information and still make all the mistakes and be such a great parent. Yes, I will. I have so many yes. mistakes. Looking forward to it though. Um, yeah. Thank you again for coming on. Um, if you thank want you. your daily dose of positivity, make sure to follow Brooke Romney writes on Instagram. All her other links are going to be in the show um, description. Um, go ahead and follow me at bulliesbe.gon on Instagram and never forget you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. We will see you on the next one.